0: Fourth question, completely unrelated to all of the above, except not, because it's the most important question of all. What the hell is my identity? I've been looking up a shit ton of terms, but every definition, every label makes me feel more frustrated. There's so many ways for a person to identify, so why doesn't anything feel right for me? Is it possible to not have an identity? To exist without any labels to say who I am and who I'm not? Maybe that'd feel good for some people, but for me, I'd feel anchorless, drifting with no one to say if what I'm feeling is real. If this emotion is something that I've made up in my mind, or if it's something that others have felt too. We're
1: doing fine. And, I'm
2: doing fine. i are doing, fine we're, doing fine. fine. we're still alive. We're doing fine. fine we're fine, doing, fine, we're doing, fine, fine, doing, fine, doing fine. I'm doing fine.
1: I'm doing fine, fine. <dues> we're doing fine. we still alive. We're doing fine. Hello and welcome to We're Doing Fine Book Club. That was an excerpt Aye. from.
2: You're
1: Helix Ever After by and Callender. And lovely book. Robbie, you want to do a summary or shall I?
0: Um, You should, because as I explained earlier, (laughs) I read the whole thing in the space of maybe three hours in the busiest week of my life. So I read it and I loved it, but I don't remember much of it and I apologize. But I remember key bits that I cannot wait to fangirl about because my heart.
1: Fantastic. So spoilers start here, just so you know. But Felix. If ever you haven't after,
0: read the book, pause.
1: Yeah, <laughs> if you haven't read the book. What are you doing here? This is a bit more than a <laughs> Why review. Why did you deliberately
0: click on this episode? Unless you're in like a Spotify playlist, then I apologize. I shouldn't have assumed.
1: <laughs> but uh, this book is about Felix Love, who is a trans man boy. He's 17, so boy, I don't boy,
0: know. young adult, young a trans- adult, a a young trans man. Yes, there we go
1: who is questioning his identity, and also very much wants to fall in love, which is kind of a universal feeling, at least on this yeah. podcast. <laughs> a big
0: mood, Felix, a big mood.
1: But in the beginning of the book, someone attacks Felix by posting a gallery in their school of a bunch of his pictures from before he transitioned, also dead and, like, naming him.
0: yeah. That
1: was... (sighs) was very... uh, I honestly teared up a lot in this book, which is not something I do often. So that was interesting. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like to display emotion. (laughs) But we do learn a lot about labels, and, you know, it's good if you don't want them, but it's perfectly fine if you want them. And I think it's a really great introductory to a lot of LGBT especially, like, trans culture. Um, and then yeah. it has a lot of really great conversations about allyship, both within and outside of the community. Yes. Which is probably one of my favorite takeaways from this book. Mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm.
1: So starting off, we actually do have a question from Jennifer, which is about allyship within the community. But this is also Ooh. something that we come in with some spoilers about the very end of the book. hmm uh. So Jennifer asks, Leah confronted Austin about being an ally for those within the community who have less privilege than him. What is the importance of intersectional allyship from within the co- community versus allyship from outside of the community?
0: Oh, so this this isn't really about the book. This is just about real life. Yeah. <laughs> and you can <even> support. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> um,
1: well, I mean, it's about the book in that it's reflected within, in the book. Yeah. Because, like... The outside of the community is really Felix trying to seek approval from his parents. Ugh. As well as, his, you mom. know, getting no. help from the school.
0: Yeah. Um, oh God, what's the importance of... I
1: mean, it's all important, but... It is. And um... I feel like we probably need to do some definitions for people probably throughout the episode as, like, terms come up.
0: <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. So a bottom is... No.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: Not in this book. <laughs> that would have been a red, white, and royal blue
2: kind yeah.
0: of <laughs> Very conversation.
1: True. Though I think they were both switches in that one, so, you know.
0: Yeah, go on, boys.
1: <laughs> um, um,
0: oh, Jesus, right, back to the question, Robbie. The importance of intersectional allyship within the community...
1: So, intersectional meaning, you know, there's levels of privilege, which Mm -hmm. becomes very obvious within this book, because Felix has a lot of, like, different levels to, like, reasons why he would be, you know, not a privileged, like, he has, he lacks privilege in a lot of different ways, because he is trans, he is queer, and he is black. Yeah. So, like, for me, I know that allyship from outside of the community is really important when it comes to, like parents and just like in general, you you want your community to feel like you're, you know, part of it and that you're supported. And if you haven't found like queer friends, then that is incredibly difficult in that allyship. But it's also a little bit stunted because there isn't that level of understanding. People can accept mm-hmm. you without really understanding it, which is I think it's a little bit removed. So intersectional allyship from within the community Is just an extra level of support. Like, people might understand some of what you're going through and therefore they might advocate harder for you, which is great.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, for me, just growing up gay Mm -hmm. and knowing that level of sort of oppression, rejection, um, you know, homophobia in Mm -hmm. school and in the streets just makes me hyper aware of the struggles that other people might be having um and so I think see that's I don't know I'm in my head I'm just like don't be an asshole like yeah it's not important to be an ally it should be common sense but it's not so I, I the, the question is important but mm-hmm. I can't fathom a question yeah an answer
1: <laughs> and that's okay like Maybe I'm too tired. You but might be very tired. You've had a very long just week in general, but...
0: Uh, it's been a day.
1: But yeah, no, I, I do think it's just a level of allyship. And like, people will fight harder for their neighbors, you know? So you're going to fight mm-hmm. harder for people mm-hmm. that are, you know, within the community. But there's also, you know... Yeah, 100%. You have to be aware of the idea of the oppression Olympics, right? Yeah. Which is like... But also
0: you have to be aware. Like, I, I knew... I knew a gay guy I worked with, Mm -hmm. and I hated him because he was completely transphobic. Yeah. Didn't agree with it. Wasn't comfortable being included in the same community. And I was like, you're a fucking piece of shit. Which is
1: actually something we come across in the book, Mm -hmm. right? Which I was not
0: expecting, and I'm Yes,
1: no, that was shocking, honestly. So, you know, big reveal, Austin... Who is a white gay man, white cis gay man? Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: he is the one. Oh, who... should
0: we explain cisgender because oh, we're yes. going to use that a lot, probably?
1: A cisgender is just someone who identifies with the body they were born with.
0: So it's essentially um, the sort of counter. I don't want to say opposite to transgender, but it's like if you're not transgender, you're cisgender. Yep. So yeah, don't Hopefully be afraid that of the it. label,
1: people. I know people tend to say like cishet and people get offended by it but they're just words they don't hurt oh my god
0: yeah my brother loves to call straight people hats and he knows some (laughs) people that get really upset and i'm just like like it's like well actually oh i don't know i was gonna say that so you call me a homo but that that's not nice is it
1: (laughs) see i was so confused for a long time like when i was on tumblr and i started seeing sishet and i was like cishet because yeah. they don't Who put is she? a thing And I was just like How do I pronounce it? And then I was just like <laughs> it, it finally like In a YouTube video I was just like Oh That's how you pronounce the word
0: It's actually pronounced Sichet <laughs> yeah.
1: I thought it was just A fancy French word Yeah Like a croissant
0: It sounds delicious <laughs> In some French restaurant Like oh I'll have the cliche. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now, Robby, you're getting distracted. Back to the book, sorry.
1: <laughs> you're good. Um, but yeah, no, I think, yeah, there's definitely issues, like, especially right now. Like, I did notice in the book, they mentioned Harry Potter, like, in like terms of your Hogwarts yes. houses.
0: Yes, I noticed Fucking that too. hell.
1: In the last two I books was so we read, they've mentioned Harry Potter. And I'm like, J.K. Rowling, and, why the fuck and did it's you so turn weird out because to be... Anti-trans.
2: We literally
0: had a question last week about how um how do we feel about um Harry Potter and JK Rowling having such an influence over current YA novels, and I was like, I don't see it, <laughs> <laughs> and now it's all
2: I see.
1: <laughs> I know. No, because, like, she as an author influenced an entire generation. Like, I know I ended up... I started writing because of Harry Potter, because I was just like, oh, Mm -hmm. I can be creative and weird and write weird things, and it's fun. Yeah. Like, those are the books that got me to start, like, reading.
2: Yeah.
0: It's also, like, a signifier of a generation. Like... Mm -hmm. You know, like if somebody was to put a a a a video cassette into a VCR, you would know what that generation is. Mm-hmm. If somebody was to talk about the Hufflepuff house, Hufflepuff house, you know what generation they are. If somebody was to say they had an iPhone six, you would know what generation they are. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's that sort of signifier that like like it it's no longer just a set of books. It is the identification of a generation. Really,
1: yeah, it's a shared experience. Like, yeah, yeah. So, just the fact that she turned out to be incredibly transphobic is,
0: uh... Oh, the word you're looking for is Yeah. She turned out to be a I
1: thought they were synonymous!
0: (laughs) (laughs) They are, we just prefer one over the other.
1: So yeah, no, that was just, um...
0: um... Sorry, I interrupted you when you were about to reveal Austin's nature.
1: Yes, so Austin was behind Mm -hmm. the gallery, which let's talk about that reveal. But
0: also, the transphobic messages, like it wasn't just a gallery, it wasn't just a, I'm gonna put pictures of of Felix uh, pre-transition. He then messaged Felix Mm -hmm. for weeks, sending um, transphobic hate messages, telling him that he didn't exist, that he was disgusting. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's not just, like it's so dark. Yeah. And I felt particularly betrayed because I recognized myself in Austin a lot of the time. Oh. As like the shy wee gay boy mm-hmm. that fancied Ezra because I also fancied Ezra. So then when Austin got with Ezra, I was like, Yes, boy, get in there. And now I'm like, <laughs> Oh, fuck. Yeah. Was rooting for the c- uh, transphobe. Fuck. It's so difficult to like pick and choose.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> sorry, you're going to have to bleep out half of this. I'm so sorry.
1: It's fine. But, uh, yeah. yeah, no, this, it's, it's also like especially disappointing that it ended up being Austin just because Felix tried so hard to be his friend yeah. and that especially stung because like Felix felt some jealousy when Austin was hanging out with Ezra and like he tried so hard to put that aside and be a good friend mm-hmm. to Ezra and like accept Austin and even was like, I'm really happy for you guys. He shoved down his own feelings to just be like, I'm gonna be a good friend. I'm gonna accept this guy. Yeah. When in actuality he was just the worst. Mm-hmm. Though also, let's talk loved- about Leah. Oh no, what were you? I say?
0: fucking love Leah. No, I was just gonna say I loved Leah's reaction. Yes. When she was just like, because she didn't understand what was happening. Because Felix was like, "Fuck, it was you." Mm-hmm. And Leo was like, "Sorry, what?" And then she clicks, and she was like, yeah, piece
1: for shit!" Yeah.
0: And starts screaming at him. And I was like, "Yes."
1: And she was the perfect person because that was his cousin, like
0: mm-hmm. they yeah. were
1: family, and like and you that can that bit that. where she was like, "Yeah," where
0: she was like, "I don't know if we can get over this because I couldn't even imagine I couldn't imagine family behaving like this." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "That's the sort of accountability we all need to hold each other to."
2: Yeah,
1: one
0: hundred percent.
1: Yeah. I love Leah. Leah was probably my favourite character.
0: Yeah. And I, um had one of her best quotes, I think, um, as what my one of my picks for the intro, which we didn't go with because Lisa as always found a much better one. <laughs> but I just I just love her Leah is like me when she talks about labels and I had this exact discussion with a bunch of friends. Mm-hmm about two weeks ago, I think I told you about this, Mm. where they were all talking about how damaging labels are and they don't like them because it makes them feel boxed in. And I was like, well, when I grew up, being able to see the word gay and saying oh my god, that's me. And other people are like that. And it's a real thing. And it's not awful and horrible. It's just another identity that Mm. other people have was massive. So to be able to point it and go that's me, Yeah, meant everything to me at 14, 15 years old. So label, yes, fair play labels may f- make you feel boxed in, but do not remove them because they make you feel uncomfortable, because a lot of the time they make other people feel comfortable and, ident- uh, you know, feel identified and as part of a community. Yeah. I just think, let everyone be who they want to be. If I want to be gay, I'll be gay. If you don't want to label it, I'm not going to question that
1: exactly you
0: you do you boo it's
1: like your pronouns if you don't want to use a gendered pronoun there's non-gendered pronouns and everyone should be just fucking okay with using non-gendered pronouns
0: we'll just call you your highness. yeah yeah that'll do no problem with that
1: so who was your first person that you expected for this is not a listener question. This is just from me. Who was your? Who was the first person you suspected of being behind the gallery?
0: Okay, so I had a fucking roller coaster of who did this, <laughs> and none of it was Austin, and I was fucking fuming. Mm-hmm. So it started with I was like, maybe it is Declan. I was like, maybe it's going to be one of those ones where he like, it like it's a slow reveal, because you know, there's a lot of time where they're like, oh, that would be too easy, mm-hmm. and then it's actually like, oh, it is. Yeah. And then I was like, "No, it's not." And then I was like, "It's obviously Marisol because Marisol's mm-hmm. a bitch." Um, for listeners, um, quick explain for listeners that haven't read the book, but also why are you here? Marisol <laughs> dated Felix for like six weeks and then left him, like, dumped him, saying that he was a misogynist because he hated mm-hmm. women because he transitioned into a man, um, and so clearly See, didn't like he women.
1: Chose to be a man instead of a woman. Yeah, that's
0: what she said. Yeah, and I was just like, "And and Felix didn't tell any of his friends that he just mm-hmm. so." They they're all being friends and then she was at the party and she was like oh is it weird being around me i didn't realize you felt that he's only weird because you're a cunt marisol like it's not because yeah. you dated each other and then you broke up he hates you because you're a transphobic bitch that's why he hates you that's why he's awkward anyway mm-hmm. sorry so i thought it was maybe marisol as like a sort of feminist in air quotes yeah. like um protest sort of thing protest as the JK Rowling as well move. because yeah yeah very very um and then i thought it might be ezra and i was so upset <gasps>
2: what? i don't
0: even know what but i was just i don't i was just like do you know what it maybe it's ezra maybe i mean, i don't know like i just d- you know because it was it got to like t- so first of all the reveal is like the last part of the book basically like yeah like if it was in fifths it would be in the last fifth of the book so i mm. got like two thirds into the book and was like i have no fucking clue Yeah. Like, zero idea. So, at that point, I was like, maybe it's Ezra. And I got really upset and, like, scared, because I was like, I can't deal with this book if they make Ezra a transphobe. And then I was thinking, like, maybe um, Ezra does it to sort of push Felix into his arms. Like, maybe it's like a... Like, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I was very stressed out. Um, And then I thought it might be his dad. Oh! I know! and I know! I was... That
2: would have been so sad!
0: But then but the only thing that stopped me thinking that was because like a grown ass adult man would not pick Grande Queen Sixty Nine as his Instagram handle.
1: <laughs> True. At least um, we
0: fucking hope not.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mostly thought that it was Marisol the entire time. Um mm-hmm. until like her big reveal about like well not big reveal, but it was like, you know, Felix finally let out and told Ezra that Marisol said what she said to him. So and like they had that little Well, not little. They had that, like, friendship blowing up moment. And then I was just like, well, I I give up. The book's going to tell me at some point.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, honestly, it got to the point where I was like, I think there was a bit where um, Felix throws his phone at the wall and says he wasn't going to let the troll define his life. Mm -hmm. And I was like, if this book... Just doesn't let us know.
1: <laughs> I did think like, for a know, minute that it wasn't going to tell us. And I was just like, what? No.
0: Yeah. Like, I was so, I was like, oh my God, it's going to be one of those books where it's like, let it go. You're above it. Don't worry about these people. Just block them and move on. And I was like, well, obviously, yes, that's the advice I'd give in real life. But this isn't real life. This is the book. And I need, I need a conclusion and a drama. Mm-hmm. And I want to see somebody get punched in the face for being a prick. That's what I want.
1: Yeah,
0: And, and then it was Austin. Yeah you know for all of the things that
1: i found predictable in the book that reveal i absolutely did not expect
0: yeah 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 and you know what i it genuinely it changed my entire perspective of the book because Mm. there was a lot of times i didn't really like i mean the story the storyline is fantastic Mm -hmm. um very it it was a very educational moment for me um Mm -hmm. as reading it reading it as someone who is cisgender and hasn't really done much research into sort of the struggles of transgender people, mm-hmm. um, and um, but what I didn't, what I didn't find, one thing that didn't hook me was the style of writing. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that's just because it is written for like teenagers, young adults, and I'm getting mm-hmm. more used to sort of um, adult fiction. So it, it yeah. did feel a bit like um,
1: a bit juvenile.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, which is totally fine.
1: Yeah, no. Um, that's something that I have had to come to terms with with YA. It's just like, especially when they make stupid decisions, I'm like, this has, or like when they, yeah, I'm just like, they're not communicating. Why are yeah, they not yeah. communicating with each other? And then because you have to they're remember that, oh, children stupid. don't do
2: that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I did yeah. appreciate
1: they didn't make too many that dumb of decisions in this book. I was just yeah. like, this is realistic enough.
0: I think the sorry, only one continue. that got me, sorry, the only one that got me was. The entire premise of the book, which was when Felix made a fake account to try and like catfish mm. Declan, and I was like, "This is a terrible idea! Like, absolutely <laughs> terrible! What? Why yeah. would you think that was a good idea?" And that just made like that the whole. One. I think that whole situation made me feel uncomfortable. Definitely. Yeah, but as I say, the the Austin twist changed my entire mind mm. because it was so well done. Because as yeah. soon as he says it, it makes sense. As soon as he says it, it made sense. And I was yeah. like, How did I not see that coming? I was raging yeah. at myself.
1: So that does like lead into another question. Um this is a question we got from a couple different listeners. Um, it's just like what of our what are our thoughts of social media, the role of social media in this book?
0: I only really remember them using Instagram.
1: Okay. I mean they do mention say, a lot like... of uh, a lot of Tumblr like, but mostly for research. It's not quite as much as in the hate you give where they use Tumblr a lot oh. as, like, their primary mm. platform.
0: No, yeah, I, I know what you mean. Um, there's a bit where he talks about searching Tumblr for different gender identities. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess in that way, it portrays social media as a really sort of almost safe space to, mm. to to question yourself and find answers. Or not even find answers, but just research. Just look into it, see what, what different answers are out there. But then in, well, in, think... on the flip side... Oh, sorry
1: yeah oh no you can you keep going
0: i was just gonna say while while there's certain um, aspects of the social media representation that shows that it can be a safe space and provide answers and and help you um, work through things and be like excellent research the the hate the anonymous hate that y- that he gets on instagram and also mm-hmm. him catfishing someone highlights yeah. how dangerous it can be at the same time
1: yeah Mm. no i definitely agree that's basically what i was gonna say there's like a dichotomy between different platforms and how you use them which is extremely true because like i'm on twitter and i'm on instagram and they are very different platforms and the way people interact Mm -hmm. on them are incredibly different
0: yes Mm -hmm.
1: and it's like i mean even with like you and i we will have conversations on two different social media platforms at once but the things we're talking about are generally very different (laughs) And the way we interact on them is very different.
0: I'll be on Snapchat complaining about how fat I feel. And then we'll be on Messenger talking about the podcast. And we'll also be on WhatsApp talking about Callum Sourdough.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. And we send, you know, videos of people behaving badly on Twitter. Well, speaking of, like, people behaving badly on social media, um, we'll also just, like, PSA... If people are attacking you on social media through an anonymous account, or even through their own account, just don't respond. We've Mm -hmm. all been there and have people tell us terrible things over social media in the DMs. Just don't respond.
0: Just block them. Get rid of that negativity.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would suggest take screenshots just for- Report them
0: if you can. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a really good um like okay, so um weird example, but grinder if you report someone, they ask you to let them access the last thirty days of your chat mm-hmm. so they can get the evidence for you so you don't have to take screenshots, and oh, I that's think that's awesome. really good of them, yeah nice. so when you report them, it says um to like to do a proper investigation, we need access to your chats, um please click yes if you agree to us accessing your last thirty days of chats with this user. You That's can tell actually, I've blocked a lot of people Yeah, <laughs> when I have that memorized.
1: I mean, but it's good. It's good that they have that.
0: Yeah, system in place. Yeah.
1: Um. But yeah, speaking of people behaving badly, um, we have a question from Callum. Felix feels like Leah is trying to humanize and give excuses for Marisol's behavior because she is having trouble with her dad. Do you think mm. that this is a toxic behavior in and of itself? Why do we feel the need to justify people's bigotry or bullying because of other factors in their life and at what point are they completely accountable for their own actions that's like four questions but it's a good one
0: <laughs> yeah definitely
1: um so yeah no leah kind of afterwards is like marisol's having issues with their dad to felix and felix and
0: um, i i agree with felix yeah entirely fuck that yeah i was bullied all through high school and mm-hmm. i i'm so aware of how i treat other people yeah like if I mean to you, it's because you've hurt me properly. Like, like
1: exactly. Like, there's a just... point at which emotional immaturity or having issues at your own at home is like not an excuse to be making fun of other yeah. people or to be hurting intentionally other people. And I think that yeah. it's the point in which it becomes intentional, right?
2: Because mm-hmm.
1: like, there's possibly like, hurting other people, and like, that's not excusable. But like, I can understand that because hurt people hurt mm-hmm. people. But.
0: Yeah, but it, it's not a justification or an excuse, and I hate that. Mm-hmm. I hate that, oh, but, you know, they're going through this, this, and this. It mm-hmm. doesn't, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter.
1: Exactly. Like, you're not ten, you're not seven, you're not kicking out because you're not... You're not kicking someone because you're not getting attention at home. Mm-hmm. You understand how your actions affect other people, and it was very obvious in the book that Marisol understood her effect on Felix
0: yeah no as i say,
2: I here
1: yeah and like that was the only thing i was kind of like with leah i was like really leah why are you trying to make everyone be friends again <laughs> like it's okay <laughs> that I, your friends I, don't. like i understand sorry you go i keep talking over you
0: no that's okay it's because there's a slight delay on my side i think uh-huh. um but um i i i think that's why i love leah mm-hmm. is that she's so compassionate like yeah. she wants to see the good in everyone. And I think that was another reason why I loved her reaction to Austin. It was the first time where she, she genuinely couldn't, like couldn't, like not even forgive, but she couldn't justify or, or understand. Mm-hmm. Like she was genuinely, it was the confusion, like, wait, no, what? No, no. Yeah. And then she just lost it. And I was like, Oh, it was sort of like such a touching moment. Cause it was like, it almost felt like the first time Leah
1: had experienced. Yeah. Hatred. But do you think trying to justify, you know, someone else's toxic behavior towards that person is a toxic behavior in and of itself? Yes. Okay.
0: (laughs) Yes. Um, One and done. (laughs) Because, only because it, it, it shows a lack of understanding to the person being treated like
2: shit. Yeah.
0: Like you know, I'm, you know, I could be crying here being like so-and-so called me a, a faggot or whatever and you turn around and go, yeah, yeah, I know, but they're having such a tough time at uni.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, well, I'll just go fuck myself then. Absolutely no problem.
2: Yeah.
0: Like, and obviously that is an entirely condensed version of what happens in the book. Like, it's in yeah. fact, possibly even like more dramatic version, but, you know, one could argue Leah just wants everyone to be friends, but at the same time, by trying to justify Marisol, she negates everything Felix is going through, mm-hmm. and that is a toxic trait. But I wouldn't say that. So I think people can have toxic traits without being bad. Like, and, and I think yeah,
1: no, there's a such a thing as toxic positivity, and it's done completely out of love. <laughs> like,
0: yeah, exactly, exactly.
1: Okay, we have another question from Peter. Peter asks. Why does Calendar always make Felix the youngest person in the room in LGBTQ plus spaces outside of school? And how do you think this affects the narrative? So this would be like when Felix goes to the LGBTQ plus community center or like whenever he, like when he goes to the group discussions, when he goes to, um, what was the name of the, forget the name of it. What was oh, it called? right. Oh, the center.
0: I th- I thought they just meant in general, like his group of friends and stuff, because they were all sort of queer. No, and I was no, like, oh, outside I didn't really of school. Think that was no. <laughs> right, okay. Oh, this makes more sense. Um, I think it's probably to highlight a difference in generation. Mm. Like our um, I was gonna say our generation, definitely not my generation. Not that I disagree with them. I'm just an old man. No,
2: um, you're not.
0: The the younger generation seems so much more open,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and they hate the idea of being boxed in yeah. or anyone not feeling included and that sounds that sounds patronizing. I just don't have the right words for it. Like like their generation has room for everyone. If yeah. if we're speaking generally, obviously every generation has an asshole. But mm. broadly speaking, the the younger generation is so liberal mm-hmm. and just so um welcoming of anyone and everyone. Unless you're J.K. Rowling.
1: Yeah. No, I do think that is a good point in that, like, it is good to show that, show Felix being the one who is learning um, from the older generation. I do wonder, like, how it would have juxtaposed if there was someone his age who was so sure of themselves, but I think that would have made Felix feel worse. So yeah, it do it's probably think, yeah. a better move to have him be the youngest yeah. and just show him as, like, And it's also a good way to show that, like, even if you feel intimidated by all of these people who have all this life experience, like, they understand that it's hard and that you can be questioning yourself your entire life, that you don't necessarily have to go in there knowing your full identity or, or being like, yes, this is exactly who I am. And even if you do come in, that can change and that's okay.
0: Yeah. I think that's also the fear of, like, I won't have an answer anytime soon, like... I always get the fear when I meet someone that's like, obviously this is like incomparable to the sort of things that Felix is dealing with, but mm-hmm. it's almost that idea of realising that older people don't have all the answers, and a lot of them don't have their shit together, and I was sort of like counting on having my shit together by 30, how dare you tell me that <laughs> that, that doesn't happen? What do you mean that the world just doesn't just give you all the answers in a book? Like, that's not, it's not what I was expecting at all, and yeah. I think that might be another um, aspect of it, of like come to terms with oh there is no answer i just have to accept myself
1: <laughs> yep i yeah. just kind of have to grow through this
0: no i don't want to do
1: that <laughs> uh, we have one more question from peter felix reflects on his belief that he's one marginalized one marginalization too many to be worthy of love he's black queer and transgender how did this how did you see this intersection of race Gender and sexuality play into Felix's relationships, friend dynamics, and personal journey.
0: Oh Jesus, that's a lot—a lot to unpack. <laughs> um,
1: this book has a lot to unpack, and we're not going to get to everything, but you know, yeah. I mean, it's just that whole thing. That, like, Felix is like, my last name is Love, but I don't feel worthy of love. I've never been in yeah. love. It's something I desperately want, but.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm.
1: And you can see this, like. Especially in his friendships, in his relationships, you know, with the people in his class where he's very slow to let people accept him.
0: Yeah.
1: He's very, uh, he's very standoffish, which is something I've noticed. He never called Leah a friend in the book. Mm-hmm. Which I was just yeah. like, like, even in the end when you know that they're friends, he still never called her his friend. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just so slow to let people, to accept that people are accepting of him.
0: Mm -hmm. And then when Ezra comes out to say that he loves him, Mm -hmm. he gets all angry at him. It's almost like, how dare you ruin my idea of my unworthiness? Exactly. Which, you know, it was almost like that was all I knew of myself or all I, I tr- trusted about my identity. And you've ruined that because you've loved me. How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like,
1: I want someone else aside from you to love me. Exactly. Yeah. I'd love. That was just, oh, That's why I loved Ezra.
0: Ezra being like, all you do is complain that you want to fall in love and I'm standing here telling you I'm, in f- I'm fucking in love with you. And I was like. <laughs> I Ezra.
1: know it did slightly ruin the like my idea of being like oh i just want to have a friend i could cuddle and like kiss on the forehead and stuff like friends snuggles and then i'm like oh those weren't friends snuggles
0: oh Oh, he was in love with them the entire time (laughs) no right okay now i don't want to sound like um i don't even know what i was gonna say all i'm gonna say is i fucking called him and ezra getting together did i not
1: (laughs) you did did i not (laughs) 100%. First chapter
0: in, when they're, like, pretending to flirt on the bus for the old man, I was like, they're gonna bone. Yep. And they don't in the book, but they will.
1: Which, that is an interesting question, because, like, well, not question, but, like, when he was with Declan, and Declan was just like, oh yeah, we're gonna fuck. Oh my god, yeah. And was then was then just Declan like, this finding- is my second kiss.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then, but, not even that, but just, like, Declan's explanation of why was yeah. absolutely psychotic. I thought you might fall in love with me a bit more than you're in love with Ezra if we had sex.
1: Yeah, that was... Declan,
0: my boy. And I know he was hurting. Mm -hmm. He was in love with Lucky. It was very sad. Yeah. Oh, for listeners that haven't read the book, again, why are you here? Um, Lucky was the name that Ezra... I know, Felix, catfished Declan with. Oh, so many names. (laughs) (laughs) I can't do it.
1: But yeah, that was... Declan's whole trajectory through this book was so sad.
0: Yeah. I think that was the most realistic yeah. one because also part of me wonders like how much was Declan's disgust for uh, uh, for Felix in Felix's head because yeah. you get to a point where Declan's saying like I absolutely don't not like you like I- yeah. At no point did I hate you. What are you on about? He hated Ezra because Ezra was in love with Felix when he was when Ezra w- was going out with Declan. Yeah. Which is fair. But he was like, never had a problem with you.
1: Yeah. You're just too stupid to realize that.
0: Yeah. And it's, I, I think it's a really good um, portrayal of somebody doesn't like your friend, so you assume they don't like you either. Yes. And also you hate them because your friend hates them.
1: Exactly. Which, like, Robbie, I would 100% hate someone for you.
0: Oh, I mean, we've said it before. Who is they and why do we hate them? Yep. (laughs) Who is they? Wow. I need to go to bed.
2: Robbie,
1: confusing your pronouns.
0: My English lectures are rolling and they're, no, they're not dead yet. (laughs) They are just rolling their eyes. That's all they're doing.
1: But, yeah, no, the reveal with Ezra does lead us to our final listener question, also from Callum. Thank you, Callum. Felix, felt a moment of betrayal when Ezra confessed his feelings, as though Ezra had been lying about the nature of their relationship. Do you think his feelings are justified and reasonable? Why or why not?
0: I don't think they're justifiable or reasonable, but I understand it.
1: Yeah, definitely not reasonable. Kind of justified? In just, like, the facts that, like...
0: No, I don't think they're justified at all, because, like, like, I don't know how to explain this. Like, I think if Felix had said, we cuddle all the time, Mm -hmm. you kiss me on the forehead, what's going on? Ezra would have been like, I'm in love with you.
1: True. Okay. Felix
0: never questioned it. Felix was comfortable with it and was happy to pretend that was what friendship is. Yeah. In no universe is that what a friendship is.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like, I would love to have a friend like that. But yeah, no, I definitely... No,
0: sorry. Amy was like that and I put up with it because I love her as a friend. Um, As a sister, really, we're family. But um, but like, I couldn't have another gay f- male friend that I would kiss and cuddle on the sofa and yeah, not be true. like, "We need to discuss this."
2: Yeah, no, There's that's There's a sort of fair.
0: removal of that. Um, um, sort of what I said before with me and Amy because Amy is a straight woman and I'm a gay man. Mm-hmm. So the sort of sexual tension possibility, the possibility of sexual tension is entirely removed. Yeah. But if you're two queer men that have never discussed it before, you know, like, if he'd said, why are you kissing me on the forehead? And he went, that's just how I'm friends. Fair play. Yeah. But he never questioned it. He never asked Ezra, what's up? With the whole kissing on my forehead and snuggling. Yeah. So, like, it's not justifiable to say that it was all a lie when you never asked him about it.
1: That is true. And, like, you could definitely see... As you're feeling the rejection of whenever Felix was just like, "You're my best friend. Yeah. Of course not. Of course not, Ezra. We're best buddies, just guys being pals.
0: <laughs> I've heard that before. <laughs> Every man on grinder. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so like I understand where that feeling came from, but yeah, no, you're right. it's not it's not necessarily justified when Felix could have just been like. What's up, man? Like, I enjoy the physical intimacy, but I do not understand it.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, I just think, like, as you say, totally understand the the feeling, mm-hmm. but you have to, at some point, hold yourself accountable to, did you question what was going on? Yeah. But I think that's another reason why I love the book, is that it portrays the characters very well, even when it makes them look a bit shitty. Yeah like
1: there is no like Hunger Games trying to hold on to Katniss as this perfect person.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I actually felt really bad for Felix's dad. So yes. at the start of the novel, Felix's dad dead named him and Felix just runs out, like literally just runs out of the house to his friend's house mm-hmm. and stays there for days. And you know, I totally felt for for Felix's dad when when he was saying I had an idea of who you were for twelve years, yeah, and I love you, and I accept that that is that the idea that I had isn't you, but please give me time to uh, readjust that, yeah, because you know some people will pick that up faster than others, but I, yeah I, at some now, and also do not get me wrong, like people are free to feel how they feel one hundred percent but but i do I do understand Felix's dad being like. I just need a bit of time to readjust because you know your entire identity that I thought you had.
1: Yeah, has the name I gave you is gone, and I just need yeah. to get used to that. Though I mean, I also feel it on Felix's side where Felix is like, it's been five years.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: we're almost a half of that time. So at what point mm-hmm. are you going to accept me for me?
0: And I think that was the, that was another good discussion in the book was like my dad paid for my surgery, mm-hmm. but he won't call me by my name
1: yeah so like and i do like i think that is like seeing that like how much felix's dad cares for him and like supports him but also <laughs> is holding on to that like holding on to that past and like i think that's mm-hmm. really where the empathy co- can- comes from because it's just like you know he's not doing it out of hatred You're, you know that yeah, he's not doing it out no of
0: malice it's just a, an old an old not an old man but an older man Mm-hmm. struggling not even to understand like he understands and he loves He's, he literally is just struggling to to, to to make that change in his head yeah. of who his child is
1: and that was just such a powerful moment at the end of the book mm-hmm. and I think like as soon as Felix had that conversation with his dad like that's when he really realized like oh I can let someone love me like I've gotten yeah. this proof I can let someone accept me for all of me
0: yeah it was a good bit good moment good moment also i love that you don't know felix's dead name
1: yeah no i really appreciated that like i didn't care like it's good
0: yeah and i think that was a really powerful point of the book was that the dead name is not the point
1: mm-hmm. that,
0: like, it, it's the fact that it was used
1: exactly and like it doesn't give you an opportunity as a reader to even think of felix as anyone other than felix yeah and then we also get felix with his new label at the end of the book He's a demi-boy, yes. which I think that was a fantastic introduction to, like, demi-boy, demi-girl, because that is a label that a lot of people don't run into.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'd never heard of it before.
1: I had, but only because I had a friend identify as a demi-girl, but it was more of a stepping stone for them onto being non-binary. But, like, even that, you're allowed to change how you perceive yourself, and you're allowed to yeah. become a truer version of yourself over time. Mm-hmm. So, absolutely loved that. And I loved the moment, just like just to wrap things up. Loved the moment where Ezra was climbing over
2: oh, yes. in
1: the Pride parade, and them shouting "I love you" like across across the parade. So, what was your favorite moment? I think that was mine, and also just like of course Ezra was wearing all black at the Pride parade. Yeah, <laughs> such an edge lord.
0: No, that was definitely my favorite bit. That was the bit that I was talking about fan because my heart was just him and Ezra.
1: Yeah. So I think. I'm a friend. What do you have My a bloody nose? Sleeping. Yeah. Oh fuck! Robbie's nose bled because he thought too much about Ezra. It's a Total yeah. <laughs> Ezra. Total anime moment. see. Just Ezra in all black at the Pride Parade. No, or Robbie's nose. Gushes.
2: Yeah. Literally.
1: <laughs> Robbie's nose seems to have a subsided.
0: I have recovered.
1: Good, good. Um, so I think now's the time before, before it starts up again just in case. Uh, what? How many stars did you give this book?
0: Four. I really, really loved it. Yeah, It just the, just the bit that got me was the sort of juvenile writing. Yeah. And obviously that's and so it's minus it's minus one star but only for a purely personal choice and everyone should read it anyway. Yeah. is what I would say. Yeah.
1: yeah, I say four, four and a half stars just because, like, because there were a lot of bits that were very predictable, but that reveal at the end just blew my mind.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So, yeah, check out Felix Ever After, and we have our announcement of next week, next month, the month of August, our book yes. selection, selected by Robbie this month. It is. Yes.
0: Drum roll, please. Black Wings Beating by Alex London. It is a fantasy story about two twins, a boy and a girl, and they have to hunt. Are they hunting? Yeah, they're hunting the... Oh my god, this is a much bigger summary than we read last time. Oh, there's things (laughs) about war and stuff. Oh, I'm even more excited. Anyway, they're after the ghost eagle. Um, Interesting. And Bryson goes after the ghost eagle for the boy he loves and the glory he long craved. And Kylie goes to atone for her past and to protect her brother's future. But both are hunted by those who seek one thing power. (gasps)
2: Do
0: you see what I mean? This summary is a lot more exciting than what we read earlier. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, get it on now.
1: (laughs) I'm excited for it. Yeah, Black Wings Beating by Alex London. Yes. Come into book club September first is our discussion. If you have questions, suggestions, or
2: mm-hmm.
1: want to send us book recs for next month, email us at wearedoingfine at gmail.com.
0: Yay. Or put a post in the Facebook group if you're in there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Or you can slide into your to our DMs on Twitter at WDFcast or on Instagram at wearedoingfine. Doing
0: Fine. And once you've done that, do us a favor. And go into Apple Podcasts and give us a rate, review, and subscribe. Because and we like all of the three of those.
1: Yeah. And tell your friends about the podcast, because word of mouth is our best way of getting new listeners and readers.
0: And here's the caveat. If we don't get more listeners, we will hold you personally accountable. <laughs> See what did there? We're a bit like the government when they say, if there's more coronavirus, it's your fault now because we told you to be vigilant. Oh boy! Sorry, that was that's the wrong podcast. I thought we were, <laughs> we were doing fine. Not we're reading fine. My bad. My bad. Sorry. So well, it. listen, guys. Until the first of September.
1: I know. Fuck.
0: Wow that 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 took me by surprise. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hang on, what month? It can't be September. That's my birthday month. Oh, it is. Well, Okay. Until the first of September, guys.
2: Keep, Keep reading, reading
0: fine. fine.